Welcome to Inner Peace and Power, the podcast for busy humans who are seeking to uncover that sense of inner calm and clarity in our fast-paced and ever-distracted world. I'm your host, Dr. Rashmi Shram, and together we'll hear inspiring stories and we'll explore timeless wisdom with practical tips that give us access to deeper connections, more energy, and that sense of fulfillment. I am so grateful to be on this journey with you. Thank you for being here. Hello, hello, friend. Welcome to this episode of Inner Peace and Power. I am so honored to have you with me today. We've got a really cool episode. So today we are going to be talking about ways to incorporate mindfulness into our lives, into those busy, hectic days, and really come out on the other end with, of course, what are we talking about here? Inner peace and power. And so sometimes what I will notice is not only is there a bit of time scarcity around a seated formal meditation practice, right? And maybe that's you. Maybe there's just not right now the time for a seated, you know, formal meditation practice. And so this would be something you want to listen to. Or oftentimes I'll also see that it's not a safe feeling for someone to sit with their own feelings. And I want to acknowledge that because that is a trauma response that we don't want to ignore. That is fairly common. In PTSD, it is something that we can really work through, not from a thinking through perspective, but from a felt sense perspective. And so if you find it difficult to sit for any formal meditation practice, at least right now, or you want to just be curious about how else to incorporate mindfulness into your life, then this is the episode for you. So you can have a formal meditation practice and still do these things. For example, for me, I do have a formal meditation practice every single day, and I still try to do at least all of these things and then a few others. And so I'm going to tell you what I'm working on, like top three things and top three things that I think you'll also see a return on your time investment, right? Like it's a big investment anytime we're paying attention to anything because we want to get some kind of return on that. So Mindfulness, as a reminder, is very simple. It is the awareness that arises as we are paying attention to this present moment on purpose, without judgment, and with curiosity. Again, really simple. And the best way to really be around the most mindful humans is young people, right? Like little kids two, three, four, five-year-olds are just naturally mindful. They're naturally in the present moment. They're naturally curious. And they're almost not never judging really anything. And they're generally pretty happy so long as their basic needs are met. So if you are lucky enough to be around one of these really young kids, then make it a point to learn mindful practices from them. Let that rub off on you, right? It's a natural way for that to rub off on us. It's really cool. So I also say that to remind us that mindfulness is actually 
our innate way of being before we started to become conditioned with stress and all the other things that we that we move through life with. And so mindfulness, again, isn't something that we have to create. It's already there. And we're just we're just reaching it through some of these practices. That's all right. And so why do we even care? Well, we've talked a little bit about this, that we live in a pretty hectic world, especially right now around the holidays, for sure. We are walking faster. We're talking faster. And we are super obsessed with productivity. There's like no end to the amount of hacks that people are talking about. And yet, when you look at the studies and also look around, we as a society are not happier. We are not healthier. And so there must be something else underneath the hacks. And that's what we're looking for, which is a little soft way to get curious about ways to practice mindfulness, which is awareness. So let's get started. The top three ways. So my number one top way for practicing mindfulness, and I do try to do this every single day, is to walk outside or any kind of movement outside. So walking, running, yoga, uh, Pilates, whatever you want to do, whatever floats your boat, but doing it outside, especially if there is some connection to nature outside. And I know not all of you have access to the amount of like trees and and nature that that like, for example, I'm lucky enough to have because I live in the suburbs and also by the beach. And so that I would say make every effort that you can to be outside, regardless of the weather. I know it's nicer in some seasons and not so great in some seasons, but the incredible, incredible benefits of movement and connecting with nature and doing so in a mindful way as a sensory experience is really unparalleled, right? And so what do I mean by that? So the next time you are either walking, running, doing something outside, maybe notice that, uh, you know, are we connected a little too much to our devices? And it's not a, a bad thing. But maybe even for like two or three minutes of your walk or five or six minutes of your walk or run, unplug and start to just use all of your senses. So notice what it is that you can see and like really start to notice what's the nature of the clouds? What's the nature of the trees? What's the, you know, how's, is the, is it, you know, is the sunlight coming through in a certain way? Is it cloudy today? And is there a breeze? All of those things like really start to notice and then start to notice what it is that you can hear. And it's sometimes really fun to see how many things you can hear all at once. And it's really cool when we can just tune in like this and we can start to hear, oh, I hear an airplane above. I hear, you know, a siren really far away. I hear a bird like that's close to me as I'm walking and I hear laughter from kids. I hear a bike going by. I hear a car, whatever it is. And just start to see if you can notice the nuances and the layers of these things as well. And so that's really, really cool. Sometimes you could also see, is there something that I'm smelling? So just connecting to our senses and connecting to nature is one of the fastest ways we can start to build up our mindfulness muscle. Why? Because, well, we're not judging, right? So this is just bringing awareness to our senses and bringing in curiosity. And that's really where we start to grow. 
you guys may already be practicing some form of this, and I want to encourage you to keep going. What's really cool is I'm sure you've heard of forest bathing. It's a really beautiful thing that they practice in Japan, and it's really been spreading pretty quickly around the world. And what we notice from some of those studies that they've done on forest bathing, which is really just to be fully immersed, it's a whole art unto itself. It's so cool. And it's one of the things that we notice is in just, you know, a few minutes to a few hours of exposure to trees in general, that our immune system gets boosted, you guys. So we have these white cells called natural killer cells. And trees actually emit something called phytoncides. And when we actually inhale those, which is which acts as a really good like a pesticide or fungicide for the tree, that's why they emit it. And when we inhale those, it actually helps us boost our immune system. I mean, that's how connected we are. Isn't that amazing? And as we do this more and more, we see studies that show us that walking outside with nature reduces cortisol. It reduces our sense of stress. It enhances like post-walk, post-run, post-movement. It enhances our focus and enhances our concentration. And so anytime you can get outside, walk in nature, unplug, even if it's just for a few minutes and use your senses. So that's the first way to practice mindfulness. And you can probably work in five minutes a day is my guess, right? And more is also fun to do. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one, and this is an active thing that I am constantly working on, which is why I put it in here as the top three things, because we're all a work in progress. So the second one is to practice monotasking versus multitasking. I mean, this one is so hard for me because I am so conditioned to want to do more than one thing at a time. Like, for example, I might be on a Zoom call and I'm using my phone at the same time or I'm reading something or I'm having a really, you know, like not a great conversation with someone that I'm with. I mean, all of those things are really degrading my experience of that present moment. And I know it because I'm recognizing it at, with awareness, right? So this idea of monotasking isn't quite as sexy as the idea of multitasking, but our minds, our brains, and the mind and the brain aren't the same thing, but that's another podcast episode. But, but really, the brain is designed to focus on one thing at a time and to do it really, really well. And when we can do that, we actually can become more productive if we're talking about productivity, right? Like we can live more skillfully and we can have more awareness. And so that might mean putting down the phone or oftentimes just putting the phone in a different place where it's not accessible. And it might mean, you know, turning off all of our notifications if we're doing something that requires monotasking for us. And it might look like, truly listening, making eye contact, really being fully present in a conversation rather than maybe looking at the phone and having a conversation. Like all of those things, I mean, how do we implement it is with awareness. And how do we do that is by number one, giving ourselves permission to monotask and to return to monotasking because our world has a lot of distractions, like a lot of people are going to need us. A lot of thoughts 
are going to come into our minds. And all of that is part of the process. And we might make some progress and come back to old ways. And then we might make more progress and come back to old ways. Like all of that is totally normal. This idea of practicing monotasking, I think, is just one of the most practical ways to build up our mindfulness muscle. And I want to hear your stories about it is in, in ways of monotasking. So I am very curious. When you're finished listening, I want you to contact me and tell me your stories, okay? All right, so that's number two is monotasking versus multitasking. So the third way is to practice mindfulness is to practice mindful eating. This means that we're connecting to the breath. We're connecting to the body. We're really focused on the mind-body connection, right? In Ayurveda, it is said that, you know, here in the West, we say you are what you eat, right? I've heard that a lot. Maybe you've heard that too. But in Ayurveda, they say it's said that you are what you can digest. And so we can actually improve our digestion with mindful eating. So one of the things that I used to do I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago was I think I ate at least one meal a day in my car, which was breakfast on the way to work almost every single day. I mean, I'm talking about eating, driving, talking on the phone with a friend. Uh, and if you are that friend listening, you know who you are because we talked every morning. And maybe even in the stop lights, like putting on eyeliner. Like these are things I don't recommend. And I'm and I'm telling you this because I'm pretty confident my my young adult children are not listening to this. So, but if you guys are, then please don't do this, right? So mindful eating is the exact opposite of the thing that I described to you that I was doing for many years of my life because I had this sense of like time scarcity and that I had to do six things at once all the time. And so really, what does it look like? It looks like, number one, sitting down to eat, not, you know, walking around and eating, not not driving and eating. <laughs> and so 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 sitting down and really just removing as many distractions as we can. And that means turning off the laptop, turning off the phone and really just being present with the food. Right. And what I, you know, recommend trying, and you can just try this one meal a day. You don't have to do this for every single thing that you eat. But what if you just sat in front of the meal, you brought in gratitude, right? And a lot of people with, with spiritual practices, with religious practices, say prayer, all of those things are really meant to connect us with the food and really give reverence to this gift that we're giving our bodies right? And and give us the capacity to have a deeper appreciation for food and for the drink rather than just taking it for granted. And so it might look like noticing more cues from the body, savoring each bite, maybe even using all of those senses that we talked about when we go for a walk, right? Like all of those ways give us more enjoyment of the food, and it gives us the capacity to enjoy the moment that we're in. Because there's a saying that says, you know, the way that we build a better future is to build a better present moment, which really can start with a simple act of mindful eating, connecting with the body and noticing what's showing up for us. And again, 
kids in general are really already connected to their bodies. You know, a two, three-year-old, they're going to stop eating when they're full. It's the adults, it's us that tend to be like, no, 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 that's not enough, or you have to eat more of this and yada, yada. So again, if you're around a kid, please notice that they are so mindful. (laughs) So those are my top three tips for practicing mindfulness in a hectic, busy life. And what I want you to really remember is I want you to have fun with this. This is really about enjoying your life. Don't take this too seriously and don't think that you have to be perfect with this because whoever it is that's around me, you guys know that I am in no way, shape or form trying for perfection with this, but I am trying. I am trying and I am trying to bring more awareness into my life and I am really trying to enjoy what micro moments that we can get in our lives and without, again, overanalyzing, overpredicting all of the things that the brain can do, right? And maybe you're even going to bring in mindfulness, like the next time you can, you can be mindful, just noticing what's going on the next time you do the dishes. Sometimes I'll do that because sometimes I don't like doing the dishes. And so maybe you can do that in a mindful way, just out of curiosity and leaving judgment out of it. And, and, and the other thing I want you to remember is that you don't need to be mindful all of the time. I mean, it's just, I don't think it's possible. Maybe, maybe it is for some people, but it's certainly not possible for me. And I don't know that that's a terrible thing because it's kind of a gift that we have that we can get on autopilot. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do the couple things that sometimes we do have to do. Maybe we do have to be finishing up a phone call when we're driving, which I don't recommend, again, if you're my child. But if if we have to do something like that, the the fact that we have the capacity to do that is really, really cool. And so I want us to like have some semblance of balance here of working towards mindfulness without trying to be some perfectionist with it and working towards enjoying our lives without trying to, you know, like run away from pain or suffering all of the time. Like it, there has to be some kind of, of balance. And that's really where awareness comes in, which is what mindfulness is anyway. And remember, this is just a skill. This is a skill that we're practicing. And so I'm going to remind us of the of my top three ways of practicing mindfulness on in a, any hectic day, which is to connect with nature. So walking outside, connecting with our senses. Number two, monotasking any chance that we can because it increases focus, concentration, and awareness. And number three is mindful eating, which can be a full skill that we get to practice the rest of our lives. And remember, these are not like a destination. It's a journey. And the thing is, for awareness, for mindfulness, for this skillful living, there's no upper limit. And so I would encourage you to start as small as you want to, build up anytime you want to, be soft with yourself. And for goodness sakes, look for those young kids because they're going to teach you way more than, you know, than probably I'm going to teach you. And so experiment with it. Let me know, like I said, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, because I'm listening. And so I want to leave you with one of my favorite quotes from Gandhi. And he said this, he said, there is more to life than increasing its speed. That's a good one. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate the episode, share it with your friends, and let me know what else you might want to hear. Thank you for listening to Inner Peace and Power. 
and for being an invaluable part of our community. If today's episode resonates with you, please subscribe so you won't miss any of the weekly episodes or the bonus meditations. And please share with friends, family, or anyone you think may benefit. Your support means the world, and I am so grateful. Before we part, a gentle reminder, while I am a physician, I am not your physician. Everything we discuss on Inner Peace and Power is for informational and educational purposes only. It's never intended to be medical advice. So always consult with your own healthcare provider for any medical concerns. Until next time, remember, you're never alone and it's never too late to tap into that inner power. So keep nurturing that beautiful connection, dear friend, and I will see you soon.